0: welcome to this special podcast series i'm calling the neuroscience of success each week i'll be sharing a super cool neuroscience or psychology study i'll explain what we learned about our brains from these experiments and famous cases and i'll share how you can use these skills in your own life to build confidence stop that nagging inner critic get more done in your day and reach your goals. In today's episode, you'll learn about the real-life 10-second Tom and how you can rewire your brain pathways to stop focusing on all your mistakes and instead, build confidence. Okay, let's dive in. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and neuroscience nerd, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast the podcast for ambitious overachievers and recovering perfectionists who feel stretched thin and overwhelmed trying to do it all. As a recovering perfectionist with big career goals, I know how frustrating it can feel to never have enough time in your day or to endlessly procrastinate because you lack the confidence to take action. I spent years understanding how our brains work and the mental habits that get in our way. Each week, I'll share actionable strategies and guest interviews to help you get relief from your to-do list, build your confidence, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. When I first went to university, like a lot of 18-year-olds, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I spent my first two years in university taking required courses and dabbling in some elective courses, hoping something would catch my focus. Thankfully, I signed up for a class my third year called Introduction to Human Neuropsychology. I'm pretty sure I only signed up because the title sounded cool, but looking back, it's still one of my favorite classes I've ever taken. The professor was incredible. I actually ended up following her around the university and volunteering in her research lab until I convinced her to supervise me for graduate school. But that's a story for another day. Each week, the professor would start the class by telling us a story of a famous case study, usually where someone had an accident or an injury that impacted their brain, and how these cases helped us understand the amazing ways our brains work or don't work so efficiently. One of my favorite stories was of patient H.M. He's since passed away, and we know his name is Henry Molaison. Stick with me here. Henry's story is the stuff that movies are made of. If you've ever seen Fifty First First States, Henry was a bit like 10 Second Tom in real life. And it changed the way we understand the brain and memory. So the story of Henry Molaison, patient H.M., Henry was a young man who had uncontrollable seizures from a young age. His doctors tried everything. Lots of different medications to try and treat his seizures, but nothing worked. He was having seizures often and severe enough that it was really limiting his life and what he could do. As a last-ditch effort, his medical team decided to try a new procedure called a bilateral temporal lobectomy. This means removing what's called the temporal lobes from both sides of his brain. Your temporal lobes are just like they sound, right around your temples. Keep in mind, this happened in the 1950s, so 70 years ago. We've learned a lot about the brain since then, and we don't do this surgery the same way anymore because of what we learned from Henry. The doctors removed Henry's temporal lobes, and in terms of his seizures, the surgery was a huge success. He was having way fewer and less severe seizures. But, of course, there's a but, right? Or I wouldn't be talking about this case 70 years later. After his surgery, Henry was unable to remember new events. Anything that happened after his surgery, he couldn't remember. His memory was pretty good for things that happened before his surgery, major world events, things that happened in his own life, he could remember. But for Henry, It was always 1953, before his surgery happened. Like I said, if you've seen 51st States, Henry was a bit like 10 Second Tom out of sight, out of mind, and Henry would forget. For example, he spent 50 years working with a brilliant Canadian named Dr. Brenda Milner, a pioneer in neuropsychology. Now, Dr. Milner is one of my personal heroes for many reasons. She was one of the first to study neuropsychology and be interested in how changes in the brain, like cutting out big chunks of it, might impact our behavior. And she was one of the only women in her field at the time. I saw her present a few years ago at a conference, and she showed pictures of her time working with Henry and surrounded by male doctors. And hearing her speak, I'm not surprised she could hold her own. She's a remarkable woman. Anyway, back to Henry so they take out his bilateral temporal lobes and his seizures get better. But Henry can't remember anything new. He worked with Dr. Milner for 50 years and never once remembered having met her. Each time she would come to work with him, he would introduce himself again, as if it was the first time they had ever met. But here's a really interesting part of Henry's case. Dr. Milner had him do a number of puzzles and other tasks each time she came to see him. Even though he never remembered her or doing the tasks, he got better over time on these tasks. His performance improved without any memory of doing the task. This part is really important. So if you're multitasking, bring your focus back to me for a second. Henry could learn without the parts of his brain that we know are needed to encode most memories. He couldn't remember what year it was or who was president, but he got better with time on these tasks. What we learned from studying Henry is that there are different types of memory. One type is called explicit or declarative memory. That's memory for things that you consciously process or pay attention to, like what you had for dinner last night, the name of your high school crush, the details of a big project you have on the go at work, that type of thing. Another type of memory is implicit or non-declarative memory. This is memory for actions and behaviors. so it's not conscious. It happens without us really thinking about it. Driving a car is probably part of your non-declarative memory now. When you first learned it, it was more effortful, right? You had to pay attention. But now, you barely think about it when you drive a car, right? You just get in and go. Riding a bike is another example. Even if you haven't been on a bike in 20 years, you'd probably be able to ride one now if you hopped on it that knowledge is stored in your non-declarative memory. Pretty cool, right? So why am I talking about Henry and memory? Because even for those of us who haven't had parts of our brain removed, the way our brains focus and store new memories impacts all aspects of our lives, including the development of our inner perfectionists. Let me explain. Let me ask you this. If I asked you right now to list off five mistakes you made this week, could you do it? I can list mine off pretty easily. I noticed a typo in a report after it had already been sent to a client. I had the wrong day open on my calendar one morning. I'm actually recording this episode after a long weekend. So I gave myself some grace on that one. I also spent time searching for my phone after misplacing it for the hundredth time. And I'm sure you're pretty quick to remind yourself of your own mistakes, right? Now, How about five successes you had this week? Five things you did well. Compliments from colleagues, emails you sent without mistakes, projects you completed, things you checked off your to-do list. Was it harder to think of your wins? Don't worry. That's normal. One of our brain's memory habits is to focus on our mistakes. Your brain pays more attention to the things you do wrong. So you're more likely to remember them. If you've ever laid in bed at night and your brain starts reminding you of that one embarrassing moment 20 years ago when you said the wrong thing at school, or you messed up in front of all your friends or colleagues, you know what I'm talking about here. Your brain focuses on mistakes to try and keep you safe, to prevent you from making the same mistake again. But memory is complex, and the more that we focus on mistakes the more that reinforces those brain pathways, which makes them stronger, which means you're more likely to notice and actually make more mistakes. There's a neuroscience principle coined by another very famous Canadian neuroscientist, Dr. Daniel Hebb, which simplified is cells that fire together, wire together. What that means is the more often the neurons, those are your brain cells, fire in sequence, the more that brain path is wired and strengthened. Unfortunately, that means the more we focus on our mistakes, the more that brain pathway is strengthened and it becomes harder to notice our successes. Hence, the development of that inner perfectionist, the one who's super judgy and is always criticizing you for messing up, holding yourself to crazy high standards, and the one who forgets to notice all the things you're actually doing well. The end result, we end up being so much harder on ourselves than we are on anyone else. Here's another question for you. What do you say to yourself when you mess up? Something like, ugh, I'm such a failure or I'm a loser. I can't believe I did that. I knew I wasn't smart enough or talented enough or whatever enough. But what if you saw a friend or a colleague make the same mistake? What if instead of you messing up on that report, your work bestie messed up their report. Would you tell her she's a loser and a failure and that she should just give up? She's never going to be good enough? No, of course you wouldn't. But we tell ourselves these things all the time, right? We're so much harder on ourselves than we are on anyone else, especially if we tend to be a bit of a perfectionist or high achiever. When we set high standards for ourselves, it's easy for our brains to fall into that default mental pathway, the one that's been strengthened by years of practice, and to focus on where we've messed up and to beat ourselves up for it. So, what can we do? How do we start rewiring some of these pathways in our brains? Ones that are less focused on our mistakes and more focused on our wins. Remember, cells that fire together wire together which is a complicated way of saying we practice. We shift our attention to our wins, and the more we actively shift this focus, the more we'll remember our successes. And the more likely we are to get out of that cycle of self-doubt and perfectionism. Here's my challenge to you this week. Start rewiring your brain to focus on your wins, not your mistakes. At the end of each day, pull out a piece of paper. If you journal, you can use your journal or even write them in your daytimer. That works too. I want you to write down three things you did well today. Three successes. They don't have to be huge. Did you finish a project you've been procrastinating on forever? Did your boss say thanks for something you did? Did you make it to school drop off and to work on time every day this week? These things seem small, but each time you get your brain to focus on these small victories, you're rewiring those brain paths to notice more of your successes. And with repetition and practice, instead of being quick to judge yourself and focus on your mistakes, you're going to start focusing on your successes. This episode is brought to you by my Time Freedom Toolkit. Want to get your to-do list under control and actually get stuff done without juggling a million things at once, having no clue where to start, and feeling busy all the time? This toolkit has five video lessons, two daily templates, and one meditation exercise to help you ditch that overwhelming to-do list, stop procrastinating and putting things off until tomorrow, and have the confidence knowing you have the skills and strategies to get stuff done every day. All for just $27. You can learn more at drnicolebyers.com forward slash toolkit. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Remember, our brains are amazing. They can do incredible things. The trouble is, some of those brain systems that were designed to help us can get in our way. One of those systems that's not so helpful is focusing on all your mistakes and ignoring your wins. But because our brains are great at learning, you can start to shift this focus and build your confidence. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and this is the Bold Life Podcast.